This edition of the USCC Expo Experience on CannabisRadio.com is brought to you by Regulated Solutions, your partner for producing compliant cannabis and hemp brand events. Learn more at RegulatedSolutions.com. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the USCC Expo Experience. Featuring one-on-one interviews with speakers, exhibitors, and attendees from the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. And now, the USCC Expo Experience, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us here for the USCC Expo Experience here on CannabisRadio.com. A jam-packed show as we are counting the days to the upcoming United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. It's coming up right around the corner, August 2nd and 3rd. Actually, August 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. In Miami, Florida. More information at usccexpo.com. I mentioned in the last program, we announced a medical cannabis symposium. We'll have some great events going on as part of that. Everything from doctors' compliance, the endocannabinoid system explained, to cannabis and seniors, uh, to sports medicine, and so much more. We'll have that coming up on Friday, August 2nd, as we begin premium education on the show floor for the USCC Expo. We'll also have advanced cultivation training, a great five-hour training session, which you'll learn so much about, aquaponics, hydroponics, and so much more. And we will have two days of expos. Uh, we'll have a lot of exhibitors uh, to showcase, especially a lot of pro people that are going to be showcasing from the state of Florida. And we'll have great sessions. We have amazing sessions that are going to be going on, everything from branding to marketing to cultivation to tax and regulate, accounting, 280E, and so much more that I could go through. But again, take a look at USCC Expo. Take a look at what we have as a great agenda, well updated, a real change from last year. And I think I'm really, we're so proud of what we've put together in terms of the programming. And one of those uh, programming sessions we're going to bring up in just a moment is the public, the, the, the cannabis portrayal and the well, let me go ahead and rephrase exactly how it's put. It's public portrayal of cannabis by the misinformed media. We're going to talk about that in just a moment with our guest right off the top. But I also want to mention to you a little bit later on in this program, we're also going to be talking about uh, edibles and the edibles market with the CRO of Wana Brands, Eric Block. We're also going to be joined talking about cultivation with the founder and CEO of Willow Industries, Jill Ellsworth. Those two interviews are coming up here on the program very shortly. But first, I want to go ahead and welcome... Our first guest of the program here for the state of Florida, he's founder and CEO of the Florida-based corporation High Life Studio Incorporated, which is a cannabis advertising company producing the award-winning magazine High Life, Florida's premier cannabis lifestyle magazine. He also uh, deals with High Life Health and Wellness, which is a trusted resource on medical marijuana in the state of Florida. And I'm here with the publisher of High Life magazine, Bob Riley. Bob, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, the USCC Expo this year. And I'm glad we're getting you a chance to be on, on a panel this year. I've gotten to see, gotten the chance to see you speak on several panels as part of the Cannabis Marketing Lab, which is a Florida-based uh, organization that does a lot of great events that, uh, for those in the South Florida, if you haven't a chance to go and check out Cannabis Lab and what Robert Freeman and the folks there are doing, it's really great work. And I want to ask you about your magazine, first of all, High Life Magazine, you know, the July 2019 issue is what's out right now. You can look for it online at highlifemagazine.us. And one of the things that stood out to me was an article that you put out on cannabis branding. And I want to just you know touch on that for a moment. You mentioned right off the top that branding is what your company believes in, why it exists. 
and how consumers feel about your business and products. Branding promotes loyalty and long-term commitment. So take me behind what prompted your approach to issue and, and lay out that knowledge on branding and how you have that understanding of branding from what you do. Well, thank you. Uh, I've been doing uh, branding for the last 30 years. Um, I kind of grew up in a print shop, you know, so you know, I, I understood uh, uh, you know, good graphic design at an early age. And when I uh, decided to uh, uh, start uh, High Life in 2014 as a periodical, it was a quarterly. Um, we were trying to help educate and uh, um, mainstream the message of what cannabis could do and help um, in order to be able to provide, um, you know, up-to-date, accurate information of what marijuana and cannabis could do, you know, health-wise, as well as the different illnesses that it could help um, uh, cure or help uh, alleviate pain from. So, you know, one of the things is, is, you know, as we've gone forward uh, over the last three years, we've really tried to, uh, you know, educate uh, people as best we can. And one of the things that we noticed is that a lot of people want to get into the market, but they just don't know how to do it. And, you know, so either they're going to try and start, you know, a CBD line maybe, or, uh, you know, they think that they're going to be able to open up a dispensary um you know we try to actually educate them on what the process would be so i thought cannabis branding would be a great you know opportunity a simple 101 on how to educate uh the basic consumer if they wanted to get into the market on some of the things that they would have to consider uh when uh developing their brand and you know from everything from creating their name uh researching you know how that name you know would be perceived in the public the colors for the branding of, the, of their name, uh, as well as getting trademarks, which is High Life is one of the few uh, trademarked uh, cannabis brands out there. And uh, also uh, how they could uh, go about um, advertising and marketing their brand. No, let's so, go ahead, uh, let, me, let me go ahead and jump forward. I want to just, well, just look at the time that we have. Let me go ahead and step forward. Sure. And let's get into some of the news that's going on within the state of Florida, which I know you also promote on the website as well. Uh, so the magazine obviously does a lot of uh, featured pieces, but on the website itself, you do a lot of aggregating of news content. So one of the stories I noticed that has been in the news, and I know you've uh, followed quite uh, closely, the AP reported recently that, quote, a Florida appellate court ruled that the state's approach to regulating marijuana is unconstitutional. By doing so, the court would possibly allow more providers to jump into a market position to become one of the country's most lucrative markets. If the ruling stands, it could force state officials to lift existing caps on how many medical marijuana treatment centers can operate in Florida. Is there a cost for celebration of Florida for this kind of a ruling? Uh, It's a little apprehensive celebration, but yes, uh, we believe that we're going to have to wind up going to the Supreme Court. uh, A lot of people believe that it will be upheld. And um, the the part of the problem is, 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 you know, they, they, the, the legislator made a, um, a vertical market where basically Amendment 2 had stated it was more to be a horizontal market. I mean, the intent of the law was to allow everybody to grow, um, grow their own medicine, and to be able to participate in the system. That's not how the legislator uh, implemented it, unfortunately. Now, we know that medical marijuana has been here well, since 2018. Luckily, that, that it was put on the ballot, and people overwhelmingly were and will support 
especially those that were south of the I-4 corridor. Uh, there were definitely support, more of a ruling majority of not just medical cannabis, but adult-use cannabis. Now, activists are looking to try to get adult-use cannabis on the 2020 ballot, and they're being undeterred by the passage of Florida House Bill 5, which is the latest Republican attempt to subvert the people's will. Now, uh, Governor DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, signed the bill into law June 7th in what the South Florida Sun Sentinel described as a, quote, arrogant abuse of political power. The measure took immediately. It complete, complicates the citizens' initiative process, which allowed Floridians to legalize medical marijuana and restore voting rights to felons in 2016. Legislators for the Republican side would have likely have rejected those proposals, even though more than 60% of voters approved both. So the original intent of House Bill 5 was to restrict the power of municipalities from adding new taxes without due process, which is something many citizens support. Now, we were talking just before we got on the recording about any chance that recre- recreational, some people will say, or adult use could be a reality in Florida, obviously with the market that can be had. Uh, but there's a lot of hurdles behind it. Do you see that any time in the future coming for this without any federal support? It, it, that's, a, that's a hard question to answer. I mean, you know, we have Regulate Florida, which is to try and regulate, al- you know, marijuana like alcohol. And they're currently trying to uh, get Supreme Court review as well as trying to um, get on the ballot uh, for 2020. The problem is, is there's no money. I mean, you would think that all these MMTCs who are growing flour would want to get adult use as quickly as possible, but they're not ponying up any of the money, unfortunately, and uh, which, uh, you know, is kind of disheartening. And the second part on that is, is now, you know, with the, the issue of the state legislature trying to cap THC at 10% last year, and uh, the fight that we had then, do we really want to try and regulate it like alcohol? So even though I've been a proponent and supporter of Regulate Florida in the past, I kind of have to pull my support on Regulate Florida because I don't think regulating it like alcohol, where they're going to be able to put a cap on anything, because our legislator does not listen to us, unfortunately, yeah. does not listen to the map. So the people, as you said, um, I think it's going to be an issue. And I'm just, I'm wondering if there's just a little bit of signing where I thought the governor actually had some kind of a support. He wanted to go and follow the will of the people because of how the votes have come out, you know, several times for this. When it did not pass the initial time in 2014, then, then when it did. So there's that, which really gives me an issue with that. Plus the other thing I got to say is, even with the local media here, and then more for the mainstream media nationally, is... And the reason why I personally wanted to create a panel like I just mentioned at the top of the show, the public portrayal of cannabis by the misinformed media. After last year's USCC Expo, I, we were looking at what other panels can we do? What other things can we do that we thought would be a good thing to discuss? I think this is something – I don't know if anybody else is discussing this at all, but I thought this was a great panel. And I'll tell you, we have some good people that are going to be on that panel. If I correct this, Ricardo Baca and Danny Keith. Ricardo Baca is with uh, Grasslands.com. Uh, Danny Keith with Cannabis Club TV and a number of other uh, digital uh, verticals that he's doing as well. You're going to get to moderate that panel. The chance to go ahead and talk about this subject, do you feel in luck with where I'm coming from about that we need to have this discussion and this should be brought to the forefront? Oh, absolutely. Part of the problem is 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 even the media continues to put us in the box. They keep us in the box. Yes. You know, because... You know, like right now, there's a, the, the issue of a, a report came out saying that CBD, if overused, could possibly hurt your liver. <laughs> well, yes, they could possibly do that. But 
on the on the overall when you look at the science it, it's very very rare i mean anything if you take too much aspirin you can hurt yourself you can kill yourself right. you can wind up in the hospital you know you have to do things in moderation so you know part of the problem is the media types tends to sensationalize and instead of showing all the good things like you know these kids like bruno uh, who has Dravet syndrome, epilepsy, and he uses CBD, and, and it, he's down. He, he used to be on like 20 medications. He's down to one medication now, wow. and he's on CBD. I mean, you know, let's let's show the facts of what are actually happening. But the problem is, is, is you know, for the mainstream right now, it's considered boring, even though CBD is the hottest thing. Yes. Um, yeah. It seems like the information associated on the positive side it isn't as uh, you, you can't sensationalize a kid getting better where you can, where you can say somebody's getting sick off of something. So I, I think that's part of our problem. And the second part of the problem, I think, is the fact that um, we, you know, we're, we, we keep marketing the men. We need to stop marketing the men and just start focusing on women because women are one, the major uh, care providers in the home when it comes to health related issues. They make all the healthcare decisions right. of what their children, you know, eat, drink, what medicines they take, how, how, you know, if they're in the hospital, you know, what procedures they're going to get, and, and you know, for us to be able to mainstream this message, we have to start going after uh, women voters and women consumers, and that's what I like about High Life and what we've created is we're like sixty percent. Uh, women driven. Um, most of the women that come to our website and, and read our magazines like it because of the content. And those just certain things that are in there that it's very presentable. It's very easy to go and read through. It it makes sense to go. And uh, but but again, you know, it's what's uh, it's a matter of access. And so the more people get to get in front of your magazine, more it gets passed along word of mouth. My whole thing is, is that. It's about the debate that goes on where when, for whatever reason, to create clickbait or to just to create some kind of a ratings buzz, when I see certain programs and certain cable networks or just national television, whatever it is, they always try to find somebody that will take the bait and be the spokesperson for cannabis. And it always goes bad. And my thing is, we shouldn't have that happen. These people should, there should be right. certain people that should not take the bait, go on television only to get rattled and to be provoked into saying something that will, you know, obviously make them go off the, off the end. There's got to be a way to play this game and to, you know, play along. This is a chess game. So it's a matter of the right people need to be up front and the discussions need to be well informed, well presented so that people can see that in a much better light. It's not that we have to make ourselves, you know, we should still be able to showcase what this industry is, in every aspect, but show we're responsible, we're, we're compliant, we're regulated, and everything's being done on the right end to give a quality product to everybody that consumes it, that wants to consume it. Absolutely, and you know, and that was the other thing too that I liked that the legislature did do this past session. They uh, passed the Florida Hemp Bill, yep. which um, is now under uh, Nikki Freed, um, the Agricultural uh, Commissioner, yep. and uh, she. Is, is implementing a QR code based system to be able to track, you know, from farm or from source all the way to end user, um, which I think is a great idea because it's going to put 90% of the CBD um, or claim to be CBD products out of, of business because they're not going to be able to um, verify what they say that they're doing. I mean, you know, buying CBD 
or hemp derived CBD in a um, uh, gas station is way different than buying it, say at a, a, a you know a head shop or, or even other places. So or a doctor's office even. You're going to be you're going to get a higher quality definitely probably from a doctor's office, and you're probably going to get nothing when you buy it from a gas station. And we I have mean, to fix that problem. <laughs> Hopefully that's something that gets addressed. I know Holly Bell is going to be speaking on the state of the Florida cannabis market, who's the cannabis czar that works underneath Nikki Freed. Uh, Carlos Cabrera, yep. the former co- congressman from Miami, is going to be joining us as well for a panel. And one of the things I want to hopefully get is we've been hearing from some of the local uh, groups out there about how, like cities like Delray Beach, which is just north of Miami, you know, they have outlawed, you know, CBD being allowed in dispensaries. But, oh, they can be sold in gas stations. We we have no clue what kind of quality or any real kind of testing of what's being pushed in those shelves. And what's the worst part I'm hearing about as well is that some of these gas stations that are taking on this product thinking, oh, I could just sell this for whatever, and they're going to get ripped off because they can't sell this product because nobody has trust in it. Exactly. And, and you know, it, it's it, it's one of those things that even, you know, we there's a recent uh, Channel 4, um, CBS uh, 4 uh, a report where they tested 10 products and seven of them had no CBD in it at all, oh. even though it said it did. Wow. So it, it was like, one of those like wow moments that you're like really you know you're claiming to have something um in the packet or you know in the medicine and it's not the medicine uh, so you know some of them had uh melatonin in it some of them oh. had other products some of it even had some scary stuff in it um but yeah i mean ultimately you know the whole purpose of the hemp bill is to help clean that market up and and that's the other thing too is you know high life has its own uh, we're launching our own uh, CBD full spectrum hemp line in September, which is going to be fully tested, backed by uh, you know the the QR code system, um, and we're going to pr- uh, produce a high quality product. We felt that it was necessary to be able to enter the market to do so. Um, let's go and talk about your product. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and let's go and segue into that real quick. So now, first of all, there's among another bunch of things that you're doing. You have High Life Magazine the High Life Health and Wellness Medical Center. And now you were talking about, uh, you were mentioning before we got on, uh, that you were working on a CBD product. So fill us in on what High Life is doing these days. Start with that CBD product. Let's go into that first. Uh, well, we're, uh, we're, we're not going to do an isolate. We're doing a full-spectrum hemp. So there will be some you know, low levels of THC in it. Um, but we're creating a high-quality um, uh, high product that's that has uses ethanol extraction, so it's one of the best extraction methods out there. Um, and we're producing massage oil, balms, lotions, and tinctures. Um, that's it's going to be a limited, uh, you know, uh, a launch of a, of a few specific products. But we believe that um, you know we'll be able to uh, garner multiple support. Plus, you know, we have our own built-in content delivery network uh, of our website has 1.6 million page views last month. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we're doing, uh, we're doing pretty good, but you know, we, our whole goal has always been from the start of high life is to pr- produce positive, accurate, truthful information all the time. And if we get it wrong and we've got it wrong once, um, you know, we, we, we say we're sorry and we move on. Um, and so my goal has always been to produce high quality products, um, no matter if it's a magazine or if it's CBD, you're going to get the very best of what High Life can create. 
So again, the website again is highlifemagazine.us. And give me the websites for the other High Life uh, brand, for the product line, and for the Health and Wellness Medical Center. Uh, well, right now, we're, we're, we haven't uh, built out the website. Uh, we're still working on building out the website for the product line. Okay. But you'll be able to get it through uh, the highlifemagazine.us. But we also have the High Life directory which uh, lists all the, the recommending physicians in the state of Florida where you can get your recommendation, um, as well as all the dispensary listings in the state. So, and that's a free resource. We, we don't charge anybody for it. We just uh, provide that out there. Um, we also have the Highlight Health and Wellness um, Center where, you know, we also um, do community outreach. Uh, we explain to people how to get their medical marijuana cards. We, we educate people on, um, you know, how CBD, uh, THC um, can help them in their daily lives and how, um, you know, the, the very best of, of whatever um, we produce is constantly being um, um, showcased at these events. So also you can go there, you go to highlife.center to learn more about the doctor referral service. And then there's highlife.directory for the directory itself. Does that cover everything? And then, <laughs> So, you know, we, 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 we do do a lot, but, you know, we've been, we're one of the first original in the state of Florida. We've been doing this basically since 2012, but officially since 2014. Um, so we've been there at the beginning. We've been to 90% of all the events in the last couple of years. Uh, so, you know, we try and keep people honest and we also, uh, um, you know, uh, segue out the bad actors from the good actors and and we only do business with the good actors all right well thank you so much bob bob Raleigh again with high life magazine really do appreciate you being on the program with us thank you for having me this is kind of fun this is my first time on a radio and i really enjoyed it thank you so i sometimes when you get that transition from magazine say what is it behind the microphone of that camera what is that that wonderful that, that feeling you get behind that so you get a little taste of that plus you're going to get that uh feeling on stage when we put you up to go ahead and talk about again public portrayal of cannabis and the misinformed media which will be for everybody going catch you can catch it at the uscc expo coming up in miami florida and we hope you'll go and join us there again we're going to come back with more of the experience we'll be back with interviews with eric block of one of brands and jill ellsworth of willow industries after this Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you like yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. 
These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Joining me now here on the USCC Expo Experience is the Chief Revenue Officer at Wanna Brands. Wanna Brands is the number one edibles brand in the United States, with more units and dollars sold than any other brand, according to the BDS Analytics 2018 Brand Share Report. Wanna products are available in Colorado, Illinois, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, and Oregon dispensaries, with more space to be added to that list. Wanna also features a full line of premium infused products, including Wanna Sour Gummies, Wanna Disposable Vapes, Wanna Caps XR, Wanna Tarts, Wanna Quick Onset Tincture, and Wanna Drops and Lozenges. And for those that have been listening to Cannabis Radio, obviously uh, you had a chance to hear Nancy Whiteman be featured here on the program. But again, the Chief Revenue Officer that works alongside Nancy at Wanna Brands, Eric Block, joins us here on the USC Expo Experience. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Thank you, Bosco. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm obviously not Nancy, but I will do my best to try and fill the same shoes because, as you know, since you've interviewed her and spoken to her, she's amazing. So I will do my best to represent the, the company in its best capacity. Absolutely. If you're looking for interviews with Nancy, we actually had her on our Plant Profits program just recently. It's one of our newest programs. Make sure to look for that on the website or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, Wanna Brands just announced that your products are going to be available in September in California, which is the, the fifth largest economy. You're heading to Ohio and Florida, as long as the regulations allow. More about that as we go along. Uh, just skip, stay tuned to Cannabis Radio because things change constantly, and we see the news always changing. And you also expect to enter international markets, including Canada, by the end of the year. Talk to me about the expansion and the expectations your team has laid out. Sure. Well, first, let's start with California, as you mentioned, uh, being the, the world's fifth largest economy. But even more importantly, it's actually – the world's largest cannabis economy. So California has always been on our radar. Uh, initially, our expansion has, has been more in the West, the West Coast, the Northwest, and the Southwest, as you mentioned, starting in Colorado, which is where we're based, Arizona, Oregon, Nevada. And, but we've always had our sights on California, and we've actually just been waiting until we found the right partner. And so we are set to launch there uh, very soon in September. And we're excited about it. Obviously, as you can imagine, one, because it's the biggest cannabis market in the world, but even more so than that, we have lots of consumers that have tried one in other states. We have lots of local dispensaries and big uh, MSOs, uh, big dispensary chains that have been constantly contacting us wanting to know when are we going to be in California. So for us, in terms of our expansion plans, California is the biggest priority and we're really excited to be there. Uh, we've been building out our sales team, so we will be ready to go in September. And we're actually, to be honest with you, we're already receiving interest in orders from dispensaries. So uh, we plan to be hit the ground running as soon as September hits. Um, with regards, mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. Go I'm ahead, sorry. go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to answer with regards to Ohio and Florida. Uh, we've got a great team uh, in Ohio, and we've been onboarding them, and we should be launching very soon and within the next couple of weeks. And that is a really important state for us because it helps solidify sort of our Midwest strategy. Uh, we're in Illinois, we're in Michigan, now we'll be, in, we'll be in Ohio. We're doing extremely well in Illinois and Michigan. I would say one or two in terms of gummy brands there, and we expect to do the same in Ohio. So 
you know, we're extremely strong one and two on the West Coast, one and two in the in the Midwest. And uh, coming, you know, in 2020, talking about expansion plans, we will be on the East Coast. So we're excited looking at states, Maryland, Massachusetts, eventually New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and of course, Florida. And all we're waiting for is Florida right now is just for the regulations uh, to mature a little bit and for edibles to become legal uh, to be sold in dispensaries. So as soon as that happens, you will see Juana uh, on the shelves in, in Florida dispensaries. And when you think about the size of the market that's being hit in, and obviously with the chance to expand, you know, there's been various issues. And actually, when we were kind of planning this session that you're going to be featured on, the world of edibles and this underestimated market, at our event coming up August 4th, 3 p.m. One of the things I wanted to make mention of was we were kind of going over what's the actual number of the market because, you know, we're looking at the information and I've seen it in a couple of different ways. And what's funny is everybody's kind of like not sure what that actual number is. Brightfield Group gave out one number saying just in the last year, $2.3 billion made in the edibles market, $5.3 billion by 2022. The ArcView Group, which we have it on the website, says $4.1 billion by 2022. It's a lot of money. And so much to be said about that. I want to just make that point across of how the, the magnitude of what this is for you and the market you're trying to reach out to. Now, the products for WANA also offer diverse product forms, including edibles, vapes, and extended release capsules, four different CBD THC ratios, as well as a variety of different dosages, onset times, and duration effects. By the way, vape pens, I know in California, do fantastic at that market. Talk to me about how. You determine all these parameters um, in terms of the types of ratios that you should put together, dosages, onsets. What are the right products that need to be put out there to make it easy to supply and demand? Well, that's a great question, and it's it's a complex question. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, well, let me just start by saying the mission at WANA is really to create a curated prof- portfolio of products that, that we see with the goal to meet the range of customer preferences for experience and effects. So Wana, our flagship product is really our gummies. Uh, we're number one in gummies in most states that we're available in, but we also have a diverse and extensive portfolio, as you mentioned, that also covers vapes, uh, extended release capsules. Uh, we also, within those categories, we also have a diverse sets of different ratios, CBD and THC ratios. So to understand uh, sort of our product development methodology, it's important to, to recognize and to preface it that First of all, Wana has been around since 2010. So the company has been around yeah. almost 10 years and we have have a ton of experience. In fact, when we started in 2010, we actually had over 50 different products. So we made stuff starting with gummies to beef jerky to even infused hot cocoa to give you some idea. So through uh, sort of the years, we've basically ciphered down the specific product line uh, that, that we like to focus on. And we actually have an in-house innovation team. So we have a director of innovation, we do research and development, and through that, monitoring scientific research as well as, well as the evolving customer preferences, consumer preferences, we design and we evolve our products. And I think that's a huge differentiator for WANA is that we're always thinking maybe uh, four, five, six, seven steps ahead of where uh, usually the market is. Most people and most companies are looking to create and develop products for the today market right away today. And we're, all, we're already looking at what are going to be the trends two years from now, a year from now, five years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, as you mentioned, things change so rapidly in the cannabis space. We like to sort of basically compare them to dog years. So one year <laughs> in the cannabis space is actually like seven years in any other oh. industry. And the way that regulations and science, technology, 
and innovation is happening, uh, I think it's pretty apropos. Uh, it's a good analogy to, to dog ears. And so what we do when we create different product lines, and I'll just use our gummies right now uh, as the baseline for this conversation. And by the way, can that, I just preface first when you mentioned the gummies? I, I noticed the other day that it was announced that you're now selling pomegranate blueberry acai sour gummies. I don't even know where you come up with that mixture, but I'd love to, if you could fill in a little bit on the idea of just creating you know, a different palette of, gum, of edibles out there. I will. I will. So that flavor is pomegranate, uh, blueberry, acai. Oh, acai, acai. Actually, I don't know how to say that. I, I, yeah, most people California, don't. It's, okay? it, it's a fruit. Yeah, it's a fruit that originates actually from Brazil. It comes from northern Brazil up in the Amazon. Oh, okay. yeah. uh, and it depends. I mean, if you've ever been to Brazil, I actually lived 10 years in Brazil. Oh, so wow. depends on where you go. If you're in like more of a middle Brazil, let's say in Rio, you'll have an acai bowl, which I think more of the West is tradition to sing acai. But you can actually go north to cities called Belém de Pará. And they actually give you acai more of in a, in a drink form. So, it, but it, essentially, it comes from the same fruit. And oh, so, cool. yeah, the flavor profiles of acai, pomegranate, and blueberry actually work really well together. So, we created this gummy. We just launched it. It's actually a five to one. So, it's it's our most recent CBD and THC ratio. So, it gives you five milligrams of THC and twenty five milligrams of CBD. Uh, and we have just to go into the ratios. We have a one to one a 10 to one, a five to one, and a two to one. So we have these different ratios and they really uh, were designed and created in response to what our consumers are telling us that they like. Some people prefer a higher dosage of CBD. Some people prefer a lower dosage of THC with a higher dosage of CBD. Some like more of the same and equal, uh, an, an, an equal ratio. So it just depends on the desire and the preference of the consumer. It also depends, to be honest with you, if the consumer is a medical patient or a recreational patient. So we also have a whole medical side where we have the THC and CBD ratios that actually have higher dosages than the ones we have uh, on the recreational side. So as I mentioned before, you will be speaking on a panel, The World of Edibles in this Underestimated Market. You're getting the big room here at the UCC Expo this time around. And a great panel. My God, I'll tell you, we have a... Uh, Jason Hastings with Centuria Foods on the science and manufacturing side. We have a couple of great chefs that are definitely adept at doing edibles when it comes to uh, Susie Badaraco and Carlton Bone. So a great panel to be had, a good mix all together. I don't know if you had a chance to go ahead and talk a little bit about planning for this uh, event so far, but can you give us a little bit of a preview? Yeah, no, definitely. In fact, uh, if you could, why don't you, yeah, if, if you could give the title of, uh, of the session, I think that would be yeah. a great preface for the, Again, for the, the world to understand. of edibles and this underestimated market. Exactly. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a huge, obviously, uh, a huge topic that we can cover. From my perspective and from Juana's perspective, and what we would like to impart, obviously, to the listeners now and to the participants who will be at the event is really talking about edibles. And everyone thinks of edibles. But what does edibles mean exactly? I mean, edibles is a broad category. It's not just necessarily right. fruit, but it also could in include beverages. Um, it could also include other types of delivery systems that, aren't, uh, that are ingestible, but not necessarily inhalable. Right. So for me, in, in, our, in my perspective, what I would like uh, to impart to people is really the idea that not all edibles are created equal. And it's really how do you decipher and differentiate between edible companies and edible brands that are in the market. You know, some companies are there just to create infused products. So they're going to take a food product, they're going to infuse it, perhaps in the cooking process with THC, or others might sprinkle it on and do sort of a dusting um, just to create, obviously, a product that gives you that effect with THC. And then you have 
other companies where I would put Wana into this category that have been doing this for a long time and have a whole and have a curated process and an innovative mindset behind the products that we're creating. And it's not just to create that one effect. We're creating different products with different dosages, different onset times, either a quick onset, so you feel the effects quicker, or a longer onset time, and duration effects, different duration possibilities. And all of these are designed to create different experiences and effects for basically the consumer. And so it's really important that Wana is on the path of creating these different experiences because each person is different. And when you really get into the science of cannabis, you get into the science of the endocannabinoid system, you begin to recognize that each person has his or her own endocannabinoid system, but each person's endocannabinoid system is different. And so one product might affect you in one way that may not affect your friend, your mother, your father, a colleague in a different way. So there's a lot of trial and error that goes on. And you really need a company that understands that and can provide a diverse portfolio of products which in the, within the same category that can help you meet your needs based upon the experience that you're looking for. Not just to mention uh, on the end of edibles, I don't know how much will be mentioned as well, but also when you look at the infused drink market, you just said to yourself, had a report that we talked about uh, that's going to be on a featured episode of uh, Blunt Mitzvah down the line, one of the featured guests. I'll make a mention of a report from Zenith Global that in 2018, $80 million, million were spent on cannabis beverages. It's expected to grow to $1.4 billion by 2024. This just says every, it's just, so for those on the outside that might be coming to the conference, they're going to think it's underestimated. But for me, on the inside, there's no underestimation whatsoever. It really is not. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And actually, Wana doesn't we, – we don't have any product lines within the beverage category. Correct. So let me make sure, yeah, the, the listeners know that. But I will say I agree with you. And one of the propulsions of that of that beverage market, I would say, is probably Canada, uh, that they have legalized beverages. And you can see with uh, big LPs, they have made partnerships with big beverage companies. Just to cite some examples for your listeners who may not know, you could have the Canopy, who has a, a relationship with Constellation Brands, Tilray that has a relationship with Ambev, Hexo, that has a relationship with Molson Coors, and there's some other ones. But those are the three big ones. And you can see that the beverage category is obviously, if you will, you decided the numbers and the estimates of the growth there. So, yes. and, and those are just three, but there's obviously lots of domestic US companies too that are producing beverages as well. So it is gonna be a big category and we'll have to see where it goes. I think people are still wondering, uh, you can tell, I mean, you from the edibles perspective, like the gummies perspective, uh, there's already data out there that is showing that this is a fast growing category uh, for a lot of reasons. One reason is obviously that people uh, don't want to smoke and their traditional idea of marijuana, of cannabis is smoking with the flower. Uh, obviously, flower is important and it will continue to have uh, consumers. But the amount of consumers that are partaking in cannabis but not partaking in smoking a flower or even smoking a vape is growing rapidly. And a lot of that is utilizing other product forms, other delivery systems like gummies, for example, to ingest and partake in the cannabis experience, obviously without having the hindrance of anything related to lung issues, smoke, right. uh, carcinogens, et cetera. So now for those, and I'm just saying for a lot of the work I had to do just to go and get the conference, uh, you know, kind of paper, you know, do a little street team work and get to all those different stores, dispensaries and see what's out there. What I don't see in Florida it's one of brands uh, products on the store shelves. And I know you guys are working on it. You were mentioning it just before. Uh, how does the environment look like? When do you think there might be some kind of a ballpark as to when one of brands might make some stores in Florida? 
Wow. I wish I had that crystal ball, uh, (laughs) but I don't. But I can tell you we have a great partner in Florida, and we are ready to launch. So essentially, we're just waiting for regulations, the legal process to take its course in Florida for edibles uh, to become legal, essentially, for Florida dispensers to be able to sell uh, edibles. And as soon as that happens, uh, Florida consumers will be able to purchase WANA locally in the state in in local dispensaries. And we're excited about that. We can't wait to be in the Florida market. It'll be our first state uh, in sort of the southern U.S., uh, the first of many, we hope. So we're looking forward to it and just waiting. As soon as the, the legal system uh, makes its decision, WANA will be there on day one. Fantastic. So again, website is WANA Brands, W-A-N-A, brands.com, W-A-N-A, brands.com. Make sure to check out and get a sample of everything that's there within WANA Brands. Like I said, whole lots of different products. And Eric, we're going to be so happy to have you join us at the USCC Expo coming up next month so we can have you talk about Everything when it comes to the world of edibles, which is not underestimated. Let's just personally say it, aside from what the title says. Eric Block, again, Chief Revenue Officer at Wana Brands. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Thank you very much for having me. And I look forward to participating at the event. And also, if anyone's listening or anyone's going to be attending this event, please feel free to come and reach out to me and talk to me. We're always looking to uh, have personal connections with our consumers, as well as looking for additional partnerships to uh, pursue our growth expansion. Thanks again. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Let's continue now with more of the USCC Expo experience with my next guest, the founder and CEO of Willow Industries, which provides state-of-the-art ozone-based technology for post-harvest microbial decontamination. Marijuana Business Daily named her one of their 2019 Women to Watch in Cannabis. She's also been honored by Cannabis Lifestyle Magazine Green Dorphin as one of, one of the most 20 most influential women in cannabis and Industry Leaders Magazine as one of the most influential businesswomen in the cannabis industry. Only one person can be having that distinction. That's Jill Ellsworth. Jill, thanks again for joining us here on Cannabis Radio. Thank you so much for having me. So, so thankful for having you joining us. I know that uh, you're fresh off of the Cannabis Business Summit from the NCIA. You'll be joining us for the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo coming up as we record this next week. Uh, now, 
want to just ask you a few things real quick. You recently said in an interview, quote, Willow's most successful achievement was innovating a solution to a huge problem in the industry, microbial contamination. For those that don't know, I'm going to give a quick definition. Micro, microbiological contamination refers to the non-intended or accidental introduction of microbes such as bacteria, yeast, mold, fungi, virus, prions, protozoa, or their toxins and byproducts. And I'll tell you, for meeting a lot of different people in the cultivation space at that uh, at the NCI show last year, that really opened my eyes to the whole process. But talk to me, expand on the importance of this cannabis testing technology. Of course. I think it's really important to understand that cannabis is agriculture and microbial contamination is essentially an agricultural problem that typically never goes away. It's just going to persist. And yes, there are many, many um, IPM practices that you can put into place, but there still needs to be a type of technology, a type of quote unquote kill step, which we've taken directly from the food and beverage industry at the end of your process. Now, if a cultivator is presented with microbial contamination and they are, you know, in any of the regulated states that have required microbial testing, the problem is, what do I do with this? And I, I, I can't lose my crop. I don't want to extract it. I spent all this time growing it. I want to sell it as flour. And that's what Willow does. We've brought a solution to the industry that if presented with microbial contamination, we can get rid of it without disrupting the medicinal properties of the plant and providing you, uh, you know, a turnkey, easy solution to implement into your practice. And then secondly, it's the consumer safety side of it. You know, of course, this is medicine and we have to think about this as the end consumer using this for medical Ill issues. And so making sure they're getting the cleanest, safest cannabis possible is why Willow exists. So we are a solution for cultivators to pass their state mandatory testing and make sure they're compliant. And then secondly is consumer safety. There's a lot to unpack when it comes to an article I also read about, which is uh, titled Identifying Unknown Microbiological Contaminants in Cannabis. This is what was in the article. Quote, contamination can occur at growth, harvest, extraction, or even storage. The only way to ensure cannabis is free of microbial contamination and safe for human consumption is to test both raw and finished products on a routine basis with a proven technology. Now, I can only imagine the amount of work that that's needed to keep these plants contaminant free and constantly controlled even for those that want to do this uh here in florida uh talk to me about what willow does in terms of the microbial process and what you uh have done with your product called will pure certainly so our pro process is implemented at the end of the entire production process so you would go through harvest, through cure, dry, and trim, and then you would implement the willow technology, which uses ozone gas oxidation to eliminate microbial contaminants. Now, certainly there are ways in which to grow, quote unquote, clean. You know, all the, like I mentioned, all the IPM practices and making sure that, you know, your employees have a focus on PPE, so scrubs, hairnets, uh, booties, face masks. 
everything that you can implement to ensure uh, essentially a sterile work environment. But again, we're dealing with a living plant. So it's very hard to make sure it's completely free from contaminants. You're going to see contamination um, from legacy warehouses, contamination drift from other farms if you're an outdoor grower, and then the human contamination side of it. Touching the plant without gloves on, the the trimming side of it, we see a lot of contamination occur then. Occur then. So that's why it's super important to have a post-harvest solution for eliminating microbials. And and that's what Willow does is you you put your finished product in our machine, you set it for a certain treatment time, and after the ozone oxidation, the the flower comes out, it tests clean, and you're able to get that on the shelf. So amazing the technology. When I've heard uh, from uh, the other uh, trade shows about certain products that will take care of certain uh, contaminants, but Willow's technology has been proven to reduce yeast, mold, bacteria, mildew, mildew, E. coli, and other dangerous pathogens, all while protecting the medicinal properties of the plant. And the introduction to the market provides growers a solution to passing newly set regulation standards, which for some markets, especially, say, for California, Colorado, are quite high. And, you know, really it's also a matter of, We've also talked about the number of cultivators about the standards that need to be met, where there should be some uh, one barrier standard that should be established along all cultivation and all uh, compliance when it comes to you know making sure the reach not just the regulation standards but going above and beyond that. So fill me in on the makings behind Willow Pure and how it's able to go ahead and be able to track and be able to clean up all these different areas, these different properties that are out there keeping everything intact. Of course. Well, you know, I think you hit it on the head. It's interesting to see newly uh, newly regulated states come online and their testing requirements. Yep. Colorado being one of the first uh, rec-regulated states, uh, their testing requirements are total yeast and mold. But now we're seeing states come on. So Michigan, Illinois, Ohio, Massachusetts, they have incredibly stringent testing regulations. You know, they're testing for a whole variety of contaminants and their thresholds are very low. So to, you know, to not have a solution at the end of your process is, you know, you're, you're essentially eliminating your insurance and, uh, and, and implementing something like this is, is your insurance policy. So that's why we made the willow so easy to implement into your production process. Um, you know, by by using the ozone gas, you're going to destroy the microbial contaminants on the flower. You're going to be able to test it and get it under uh, state mandated regulated testing. It will be interesting to see, you know, as the industry continues to grow and evolve and become more legitimate, if states are going to um, start to set a standard, uh, you know, a similar standard across the U.S. Um, and so I'm interested to see how, how this all plays out and what the regulators look to for essentially kill steps uh, by taking a page, like I mentioned, out of the food and beverage industry yeah. and how they see testing moving forward. It's been amazing of all the information I've been able to gather, especially on our uh, Blunt Business program, which is a sister program here on Cannabis Radio, where I've gotten the chance to talk to cultivators in Nevada, in Colorado, in California, in Canada, and you know, there's a lot of different areas where they are making the effort and so many different variables to worry about. And that's what we're going to actually discuss at the USCC Expo next month. Uh, that will be on August 3rd, the session that will be on advanced cultivation techniques 
a great panel, by the way. We have several Florida-based cultivators that will be on. One that will be talking specifically in the aquaponics area. Another one that just is a straight cultivator that's, uh, that supplies a lot of Florida. And also, uh, we have another person that also will speaking on microbials as well. Um, give me a little preview of what uh, you can, what you want to go and contribute and what you want the people in Florida to go ahead and know and understand about uh, what you're doing and how it really works into the whole uh the whole, the whole atmosphere when it comes to uh, the whole world view when it comes to cultivation. I will be focused mostly on post-harvest, post-harvest uh, compliance, post-harvest uh, cleanliness for production. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really where my strengths uh, lie within the industry. And you know, how to make sure that you're putting the cleanest product on the market. Now, with Florida. We're going to start seeing, you know, probably pretty strict testing regulations, similar to what the East Coast has done. Yeah. But I think that I really do believe that the um, climate in Florida is going to be a challenge for a lot of these greenhouse outdoor farms. Um, the humidity is uh, will be challenging to, to mitigate microbial growth through that. So having a solution in place uh, to make sure that you know, you've, you've taken all this time to grow this beautiful product. So let's make sure that you can actually get it on the, the, the shelves and pass state testing. So I'm really going to talk about solutions for post-harvest, um, for micro eliminating microbial contamination. And then all the other wonderful speakers on the panel will certainly dig into cultivating cannabis. And I can just imagine, you know, for Florida, I mean, People, of course, know the, the metropolitan areas, but of course, I lived in a portion where it, it's a lot of different agriculture when it comes to rice, sugar, oranges, yeah, uh, fruits. I mean, just everything across the board is so such an agricultural-minded industry in the rural areas throughout the state. And of course, with the climate we have, most people would just assume, well, you could just grow anything sun-grown and it'll do just great. I mean, if you just have it in certain cycles, but with cannabis, it has to be year-long. It has to be year-round. And there's always the uh, outside factors that are going to go on, whether it is rain, hurricanes, who knows what it might be. And if it's too much heat to put on the plants, a lot of different variables. Do you have to go and stick more to greenhouses than it is? I'm sure I just wanted to see what kind of questions the audience in Florida is going to be having, especially for those that are going to be flying in. that will also have their questions because they're going to see this panel. They're going to want to make their trip and uh, Get their get their hotel, get their flight, come and join us, and specifically for this panel right here. Also, for those out there, we'll also have an advanced cultivation uh, program that'll be on the Friday before. And so, so much of cultivation is going to be a focus at this event, and we know a lot of people are going to be very well sound to go ahead and be a part and participate. So, uh, finally. Jill, this, uh, I'm going to have to get you on our Blunt Business Program. There's so much more to ask about. We've only touched the surface. Talk to me about where we can learn more about Willow Industries, Willow Pure, and what they, how they can find more about the process. Of course. We'd love for you to visit our website, willowindustries.com. Our phone number is on there. Our email's there. Please reach out to us. We have a wealth of information. We've been working in this industry for three and a half years. We have an incredible amount of data. You know, we're very much a data-driven company because we want cultivators to feel confident that this is a really um, this is a this is an effective method for microbial decontamination, but also it's not going to ruin your product. You spend all this time growing this beautiful flower. Let's make sure that it's clean and uh, it can it can be sold the way it is. And uh, we have data to back up all of our claims. So please reach out to us. And you know, so excited to be to be part of this and to be at the conference next week. 
Uh, Jill, I'll tell you, when, when I got the chance to hear that you were going to be able to have, have the opportunity to join us in Miami, I said, you know, just what do we need to do to get you here? Because I, I was very excited to get you here, and I know you're going to be a tremendous contribution as part of the, all, all the uh, education we're going to have at the show. Thank you again for making time. We're definitely going to have you, you back on Cannabis Radio again. You're a wealth of knowledge, and we're grateful to have you on. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. My pleasure. So all of you, you need to be a part of this great education, great information that's going to be have. Also, wonderful Expo Hall. We want you to be educated, empowered, and engaged in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Make sure to join us this coming week, August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida. If you're still listening to this in time, register now at usccexpo.com. It's no never too late to get your tickets. usccexpo.com. We hope to see you there. And thank you for joining us here for the USSC Expo Experience. You can download past episodes at CannabisRadio.com. Subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.